2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse number 6, says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light, through the gospel. Boy, isn't that a wonderful statement right there? Brought life and immortality. That's what people are going for today. They're just trying to attain that. And, uh, but it's only through Jesus Christ. It says it right there in the scripture. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. I'm going to come back to verse number 12 and where we'll take our text from today. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And I'm going to preach on the subject matter this morning on commit and fulfill. Commit and fulfill. Let's have a word of prayer then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, I'm thankful for a new year. Lord, as... Many in their minds, no doubt, have looked at this as far as a new beginning, which it is. Turning over a new leaf, some maybe have made their resolutions. Lord, whatever the will of God is for their life throughout this year. Lord, I pray as we look into the Scriptures, Lord, it wouldn't just be a matter of committing, but it would be a matter of fulfilling. And Lord, may you speak to our hearts today, challenge us, encourage us, Lord, take us further in our Christian life and our relationship with you, Lord, than we ever have before throughout this year. Now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. There's so much of this that we could spend time on. I, I will say verse number 7 has been of very close and personal edification to me over the past couple years when the Bible very plainly says to us, that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't believe when there's fear that is present in our lives that that is of God. And so as we're walking through life, and there are times, I'll say this, just like David, there's times that fear sneaks up in our lives, doesn't it? But what did David say? What time I am afraid... I'll trust in him. 
and uh, shows us that contrast that is there. God's not given us the spirit of fear. This has helped me over the past couple years that, listen, we look around and say, but pastor, do you understand what's taking place? And here we are entering a new year, and maybe we ought to just settle down and batten down the hatches, and, and, and maybe we ought to just endure and not do anything for the next couple years to be able to see what's happening. Can I say this? As much as the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of me and I yield to Him, I refuse to live my life in fear. I'm going to live my life in confidence of the Word of God, but as I made mention to someone this week, I said there is that fine line of making sure we're walking wisely (laughs) and not in fear, but making sure that it's not in foolishness either. And so there is that fine line. But then we saw this in verse number 8 as Paul is speaking to Timothy here when he says there, Be not not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. But then he added this, Nor of me his prisoner. Just the things that the Apostle Paul was going through and he was reminding Timothy, Listen, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. And boy, if there is ever a day and age that we need to not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is nowadays. It is now that, listen, you say, well, they don't want to hear it. Well, guess what? That world's not ashamed today. In fact, we've gotten to the point that it's it's amazing. I, I wish they had some shame. I wish they actually blushed over some things. I wish they were embarrassed over a few things. But it just seems more and more that it's the Christians that are becoming ashamed. And Paul is saying, listen, I want to remind you not to be ashamed of the testimony of the gospel of Christ. But then he said this, don't be ashamed of me either. (laughs) I wonder how many at this point in Paul's life, he's coming to the end of his life and they're cutting ties with Paul. Oh, no, I don't I don't know, Paul. Oh, yeah, you mean that guy that's in prison down there? Oh, yeah, I saw him. Same way Peter was with Jesus, by the way. Oh, no, I don't know that man. Started cursing by the end of it. Denied him three times while Jesus was on trial. And we're reminded as we come down through here, and then the Apostle Paul made some statements about some suffering, and we've been called to a purpose, and we'll deal with that in just a few moments. But he comes down to verse number 12, and he says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I'm not going to ask how many here have ever made a commitment to the Lord, especially this time of year. How many have made a commitment and said, well, this year it's going to be different. We're going to be in church. We're going to be serving I'm going to be reading my Bible. I'm going to be spending time in prayer. And I'm determining, hey, I'm going to do this at least once a week. And you've already failed and it's already the second. Aren't you thankful that there's some things, and here's what Paul's saying. He said, I'm thankful that he's able to keep that which I've committed. And I want us to look at this subject matter of commit and fulfill. Because most of the time, there's a lot of commitment that gets made. 
But yet, and we have some former pastors that are here with us today, and I believe they would testify to this over the years. It's a lot of commitment that gets made, but the carrying out and the fulfilling of it. The discipline, the dedication. And I want to encourage us, listen, I'm, I'm really praying that we're challenged this morning, but I'm praying that we're challenged in a very encouraging way, if I can say that, that, that would be encouraged to be able to carry through with what God has put on our hearts to see accomplished this year. I pray that you've set some goals. I pray that there are some things that God has put upon your heart and that you have said by the grace of God, this year that's going to be accomplished with God's help because he's leading you to do it. Well, I want you to see it. I'm looking at spiritual things this morning, okay? I'm not so much dealing with your weight loss goal, okay? I'm not so much dealing with your yard work goal this year. I'm not so much dealing with those things. I'm talking about spiritual goals this morning that maybe God has put upon our hearts to commit and to fulfill. Let me say, first of all, in this understanding of committing and fulfilling, that we have a purpose that is eternal, a purpose that is eternal. I want you to see starting in verse number nine, the apostle Paul said, but according to his own purpose and grace. But then he comes down through in verse number 11, because that's talking about salvation in verse number nine. Verse number 11 says, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. But then we're reminded in verse number 12 that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Can I say there is nothing greater to be able to fulfill or commit to in our lives other than a purpose that is eternal in value. Something that is going to last and, and, and outlive each and every one of us. Something that when we get to heaven, the value is still there and has not just passed away here on this earth. I think about our spiritual service for the Lord. And may I, why am I asking permission? As I get very pointed this morning, may I remind us that the teaching of a Sunday school class and being able to pour into the lives of a young person or an older person to be able to impart the truths of the Word of God is not just something to be taken lightly, but it is something that has been committed to, and it's a purpose that has eternal value. It's not just a title to be able to carry. It's not just so that I can have my group that I get to be in front of. If that's the case, then tell me by the end of the day and we'll have a new teacher by next Sunday to take care of that class. It's something to be able to commit because listen, this is a whole lot bigger than just you and I. This is a purpose that God has given to us that is going to outlast every one of us in this physical life. How many have remembered things? Listen, 
It was on a Friday night that a family, a husband and a wife, and listen, I still remember their names, Larry and Pat Palmer. They're in heaven today. That would take every Friday night through the summertime and teach Awanas at our church. Can I say this? I don't remember a whole lot of my other Sunday school teachers, but I sure remember the one on Friday night that was given the Bible lesson and I was sitting right there and understanding that I was a sinner and I needed to be saved. Can I say this? They're in eternity today. But what took place on those Friday nights, listen, it was something that was committed to and it was something that was fulfilled in their hearts and lives. You understand what the biblical principles are that, listen, it's better not to vow a vow than to vow a vow and and fail not to fulfill it. So we think about those things. And some people, and I'll use this term, some people just use that verse as a cop-out. And say, well, that, that, that's why I don't ever commit to anything. Because the Bible says it's better not to vow or vow than to vow or vow and fail not to pay it. So I never commit to anything. No, how about realizing that God has given us an eternal purpose, something that's going to outlive us and that's going to last on. There's going to be young people that know their Bible. There's going to be young people that are in heaven when we get there because of someone investing some time into a Sunday school class or into a junior church. There's people that may be free from addiction because of someone investing some time and fulfilling what they they've committed to but listen if the heart's not in it then move on there's going to be people that are blessed because you're a member of granite state baptist church because you've committed and you're fulfilling i'd like to spend about the next 20 30 minutes right there on that point of taking some things seriously when we actually commit to what we say and publicly profess that this is the will of God for our lives. But then we just throw it off to the side like it's nothing. And I'm saying, Lord, this purpose that you have given to us, that you allow us to be able to commit our lives to. Now with the Apostle Paul, he was uh, appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And I believe this. I believe from the moment that God saved him and then called him and found him faithful, putting him in the ministry, I believe he gave his whole life to it. And can I encourage us today, Listen, there may be things that God's putting upon your heart for this year that God wants you to commit to. Can I say this? Don't just say, yeah, I'm going to do that and then forget about it next week. Commit to it and fulfill it. And there's nothing greater than being able to get to the end of a task. And and listen, if you haven't figured this out about me, I am very goal-oriented. I'm results-oriented. I've got to be very careful on that. But I love getting to the end of something and seeing something accomplished. And being able to see it, that's why I enjoyed uh, doing concrete work so much. You know something? There's just a joy that I had when we get done pouring a sidewalk out here that I can stand back at the end of the day and say, mission done, mission accomplished. Boy, it looks good. I'm thankful for it be able to see it done. But can I say, more than any of those earthly things, God's allowing us to be able to commit and fulfill something that it has an eternal purpose to it. A purpose that's eternal. 
But then, as the Apostle Paul is writing here in 2 Timothy, he didn't just stop and give us the the rosy and the flowery side that, listen, this purpose is eternal, but he's also reminding us that there's persecutions to be endured. How many have found out that, listen, it's real easy to commit to something, but at the first obstacle, people start dropping like flies? Boy, it's real glamorous. And I'll, I'll get outside the, the congregation here as Brother Matthew is, is traveling and, and starting to talk to people about, hey, come and go to prison with me. You can volunteer and come on in. Oh, hey, boy, they'll line up. Hey, I want to go with you. Okay, in order to do that, you need to go through this training. You need to do this. And hey, by the way, we're going into this facility. You need to get this clearance. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then all of a sudden, boy, it seems like it's wonderful. Hey, there's a purpose, and they understand that. But then the commitment comes to it, and they start realizing that there's, hey, there's some persecutions that need to be endured. What if the Apostle Paul turned tail and run, ran at the first sign of anything that hindered? Can I say this? He would have never gotten off the ground because at the moment God saved him, he was smitten with blindness. Well, if this is how it's going to be serving God... And had to go and sit and wait for Ananias to come three days later. And to be able to come for him to receive his sight. What if the first time he got shipwrecked, he said, I'll forget about it. What about the first time? And listen, he gives us insight into this. At the first, no man stood with me. But he didn't quit and head to the house. He said, I'm going to keep on. You know why? Because there's a purpose that's eternal. But in order to get through that, listen, he uses this term in verse number eight at the, at the last phrase. He says, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Doesn't he make it so appealing? Verse number 12, he starts off with this. For the which cause I also suffer these things. The Apostle Paul did not hide it from his readers whatsoever of some of the things that he was going through and the list of persecutions down through there. But what he was to us is an example of, listen, what I've committed to the Lord, there's some things that got to go through. There's some persecutions that we have to endure. Why is it? Listen, hey, you ever notice... As soon as you say, I'm going to be faithful to church. Boy, it seems like everything's going to take place on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Do you know that being faithful in church is not a Sunday morning decision? Do you know I back it up about three days? But when I leave here Thursday night, I'm already planning the next two days to make sure that I'm ready to be able to set foot in. You say, I just can't get the kids up on Sunday morning. Then make a decision Saturday and put them in bed. Well, I'm just not going to kick him out of bed that early. Who's the parents anyway? I don't know. That's for another message. I want you to know in about two or three months from now, okay, I'm going to be doing a series and preaching on the family. And I'm going to tell you at least two months ahead of time so you don't think I'm picking on you when we go through that if you're live streaming too. But listen... We're talking about there's going to be things. Do you think the devil is real happy about you making commitments and dedication to the Lord for this upcoming year? No. 
It's going to be the same thing that Jesus told Peter when he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Do you understand? He was just wanting to take the the life of Peter and just jostle it back and forth and shake him, flip him upside down and let everything just fall through. But oh, that little phrase right there. He he was warning him. Hey, there's some things you're going to be going through. But boy, how encouraging that must have been. But I've prayed for thee. But I've prayed for thee. I say this, when you lay that out before the Lord and say, God, by your grace, this is what you put on my heart for this year to be able to commit to you. And by God's grace, this is what will be fulfilled. I believe we have a mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And he's making intercession for us saying, hey, I'm praying for you, boy. I'm praying for you. And you'll be able to get through this. Can't you get through it a whole lot better knowing Jesus is praying for you? Well, what if nobody shows up? What every Sunday school teacher goes through every Sunday morning. What every pastor goes through on Sunday morning. Can I say this? We had a couple Sundays nobody showed up. I preached to that camera right there. But you know something? God didn't tell me to preach a message only if everybody showed up. And he didn't say it's going to be the easiest going through life. But listen, the things that you've committed to the Lord, understand there's going to be some tough times and some rough times to be able to get through them, to be able to see it fulfilled. The Apostle Paul said all the way back in Acts chapter number 20, he said, listen, he said, I'm just, my my motivation for all this is that I might finish my course with joy. I might finish my course with joy. And just saying, well, I'm going through all of these things, but at the end of the day, I'm at least looking to finish. And then later on in 2 Timothy, two more, or three more chapters over from where we're reading, he was able to say in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, he said, guess what? I've finished. <laughs> I've finished. Paul, did you have a hard time going through it? Boy, I sure did. Boy, he listed some things. Boy, what about being in the deep these nights? What about being whipped? What about being scourged? What about being stoned and left for dead on the outside? What about when no one stood with me? What about being delivered from the hand of the lion? What about going through this and and just making it to shore there in Acts chapter 28, just holding on to a board? Hey, Paul, did you have some things to go through? Boy, I sure did. But I finished. But I finished. Can I say this? It's been this past year and that... uh, there's a few men in our church that encouraged me and kept after me, and I'm not going to say they nagged me. Hey, come on a hike with us. Come on a hike. Come on a hike. You can do this. You can do this. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this or not. And I'd always say after I got down the end, I'd sit back down in the car and say, well, I finished. I made it. Can I say this? I'm sure looking forward to the day. There may be things you've committed to the Lord. There may be things you're saying, but I don't know if it's worth it to go through, but there's persecutions to endure. You say, but pastor, how do we get through those things? I've I've committed this to the Lord. I've committed it. And and listen, our strong point is committing. Our weak point's fulfilling. Our strong point's saying, yeah, I can do that. How many have ever overcommitted themselves? Don't put your hand up because every one of us have. 
if there would be one thing, not, there's more than one thing. If, if I just want to say one thing that's one of my downfalls this morning, it would be, listen, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll run from, from to and fro and saying, hey, I can fit that in. I can do that. Yeah, I can get there. And then it seems like I was trying to talk with, with Brother Nagley and it was yesterday morning. I was here at the church and getting some things taken care of and I'm running down the stairs to be able to get to my next place because it was that close. And I said, I got to keep running. We're wonderful at committing. But what about fulfilling? What about carrying through? You know something? There's a lot, and I'll use Granite State Baptist Church right here. There's a lot that would love to be able to stand up in front and say, yeah, we're committing to the church. This is our church. We're members here. We're great at committing. But what about fulfilling? What about being there when, hey, your church family needs you? When you need to be praying one with another, when you need to be encouraging one another. And I understand, listen, and here's the qualifier. I understand there, there are certain times people can't get out. It's not talking about that. Certain times people won't get out. Our strong point is committing. You say, then how do we do this? We do it the same way that Paul did. Paul gives us the pattern right here in the verses that we read. Yes, there is a purpose that we commit to that is eternal. Yes, as we're on that journey, guess what? There are persecutions that are to be endured. You say, then how in the world do we make it through? We make it through in the pattern that Paul gave to us right here in the Scripture. It's not a self-help book. It's not that you have to get so many likes on Facebook to be able to give you the energy to be able to keep going, okay? But I do see this. I do see that there is a power. There is a power. And I use this word, and this is just for me, maybe to encourage me. There's a power that energizes. As I look down through here in verse number 12, he said, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Had a conversation recently about that word persuaded. Even the Apostle Paul had to be persuaded. You know that means convinced? That means proven to? And I just wonder if the Apostle Paul, here it is, the last epistle that he's writing, and he said, I've been persuaded. I've been convinced over the years. I've been proven over the years. And here's the words that he is able. You talk about an energy. You talk about a power. You talk about something that is available to us. It is not us that's keeping that anyway. But it is amazing what we can do in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. That he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now let me remind us that this purpose that has been committed to is a purpose that God called Paul to. That's not saying that I'm committing to, hey, by the end of this year, and I use this frivolous example in Sunday school today, that's not saying, well, by the end of this year, we're going to be running 500, averaging 500 every Sunday at Granite State Baptist Church. Can I say this? God by no means has obligated himself to be able to keep that, okay? We're talking about a purpose that God has led 
that God has provided. And as soon as we commit to him, the Lord is so able to be able to keep that, which I've committed. You remember what the Bible says? You get back there into Psalms. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And guess what? And he shall bring it to pass. What does Paul say later on in the, in the epistle, Philippians 4, 13? I can do all things. Don't forget that little prepositional phrase there. Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You talk about power. Do you understand what Paul said over in the book of Romans, I believe it was, where he said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is that same power that dwells inside of us? You say, but pastor, I don't know if I can do this this year. You can in the power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. I don't know if I can get up and go one more day. You can under the direction and the leadership of the Lord in your life. That is how things are fulfilled that we commit to. That Sunday school class, hey, uh, just so people don't think I'm picking on Sunday school, don't forget RU. Don't forget youth ministries. Don't forget ladies' Bible study, men's Bible study. Listen, the opportunities that we have to minister. Hey, listen, if it's committed to, there might be a reason that it's flopping. It might be because it's in the power of the flesh and not in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It might just be we're saying, hey, hey, listen, I'm saying anything we've committed to, if God has led it, it's time to put our hearts into it and fulfill what God has called us to do. It's time to go full throttle. I'm looking forward to this year. You say, Pastor, I thought this was, you, you wanted to encourage us. I am, because there are some that are already sitting back. I just make mention of reading the Bible through, and they're like, yeah, I could never do that. What if God touched your heart to be able to do that? Do you think he'd help you do that? I think you would, because he's able to keep that which I've committed. Hey, listen. He's the only one that I've ever read about that is willing to keep someone else's word. And Paul's saying, I've been, I'm persuaded. It's been proven to me. I'm convinced that he's able to do it. And he's saying, here's what I've committed. Here's what I've promised to the Lord. Here's what God's put upon our hearts. And Paul is saying... He's able to keep that. That power that we have that worketh in us, I'm able to do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Can I say, can I say this? I, I woke up again this morning. That's a good thing. And I'll just be honest with you. Once again, I said, Lord, I can't do this. I'm not talking about looking at quitting. But that's, that's not even the thought. I'm just saying, Lord... I need to stand up for the first time this year and proclaim the word of God and do it correctly, <laughs> rightly divide the word of the truth. Listen, not in my own power, not in my own wisdom, not in my own strength, 
not with excellency of words, not with, not with trying to, to have it all flowery so everybody says what a great orator he is. I'd rather have people say, hey, the power of God was upon the message. I'd rather have him say, what a God that is able to do that, that if I commit it to the Lord, God puts it upon my heart. And I say, God, this is what you put upon my heart. This is what I'm committing to you. And God says, okay, now that you've committed, I'll do it through you. What a one, how much better can it get? God puts something on our hearts. We say we'll do it. And God says, I've got it from here. My dad's life verse was something else Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We look at verses like that. Do you understand? He's the only one saying, hey, you've committed this ministry unto me. This is what God put upon your hearts for you to be able to commit to, to be able to see it fulfilled. And God says, you said you'd do it. Now he'll do it. And he'll work through us all the time. Can I say this? I'm, I'm not, I don't always get excited about getting up in front of people and speaking. I, I know that may seem like a shocker to you. But seriously, I told Miss Crystal this morning, I said, I've got about 100 things running through my mind right now. And I said, it, it's one of those mornings, I'm, I'm dealing with a hundred little things as I'm thinking about it. And I said, I, I just want to go around. And if I had conversations with every one of them, I said, I wouldn't have anybody to preach to this morning. I don't know. I, it it might have been one of those mornings. But I thought, it's not me anyway that's going to be getting up there. And what I'm praying is that we commit and fulfill. What is it that God's put upon your heart that you've already committed to him? Now listen, if it's done with, it's done with. When God says it's over, it's over. I, talk, I had a conversation several years ago, Brother Ricky Dunsford, we were talking about just different ministry and involvement and things, and he said, Brother Peter, he said, let me ask you this question. He said, what if, he said, God's only purpose for your life, he said, was to use you at this one time in this one place, and that was the desire and the will of God, and he said, you were behind the scenes for the rest of your life serving the Lord but that was the will of God as long as he fulfills it. What is it you've committed to the Lord? Or maybe what is it that you're scared to commit to the Lord? What is it that, listen, in this same passage of Scripture, Paul says God's not given us the spirit of fear, but in your heart and your life you're saying, hey, I'm afraid to do this because if I commit it to the Lord, well, then I've got to carry through with it. What are you afraid of laying before the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, yes. What are you afraid of saying, hey, that's what I'll see accomplished this year? Maybe it is a simple thing. We say simple, reading our Bible through. We say it's simple. What is it about taking a gospel track and maybe saying, hey, this week I'm going to hand out one gospel track and be a witness for the Lord? What is it that, hey, I'm actually going to take the prayer sheet from Thursday night and I'm actually going to pray over it this week? You say, but that's just so simple. But we're so fearful to commit things to the Lord. We're so fearful to say, hey, I'm actually going to be in church. We're so fearful to say, well, 
I'm not going to get on church membership this morning. Well, it seems like it's just an epidemic across our nation that people don't commit to be part of a church because then they're accountable and responsible to the church and for the church. And I thought, well, what about committing? What about committing our time with the Lord? Hey, we can commit to everything else. We can commit and, and, and by God's grace, hey, listen, I believe husbands and wives ought to have date nights. I think they ought to set time aside. Nothing interferes with it and you go out on a date. Find a babysitter, go out, have a, have a date night, spend some time together. You ought to pray one with another. There's some wives that are elbowing right now. That's a good resolution for this year. How many times is it we're afraid to commit to something because we're like, well, I'm just going to fail anyway. Someone once said that every failure is actually an opportunity to start over with more knowledge. You know what I do when I fail as a husband? I don't walk away from my wife. I apologize and get it right and say I'll do better. When I fail as a father, you know what I do? I don't walk away from my kids. I apologize, ask him to forgive me, and say, I'll do better. You know what I do? I try to do as a pastor, and now everybody's going to come up and tell me every place that I've failed. Hey, listen, you can't tell me anything I don't know, and I'm far worse of a pastor than what you imagine. Try to apologize and say, you know something? I was wrong. I'll try to do better. But I'm not going to quit because of failure. I'm going to commit some things to the Lord. It's an eternal purpose that he's allowed us to be able to be part of. There's things you're going to go through. And it's not going to be the easiest thing all the time to serve the Lord. It's not going to be the most convenient thing to say, hey, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to do this for the Lord. It may not be the easiest all the time. But can I say this? There is a power that's living inside of us. That'll sure help us on a daily basis to be able to make it through. There's a power that energizes. He is able. That's the fulfilling part of it. Commit and fulfill. You know how, how many people have said this, and most of the time it's inside prison, that they've said to me, you know, I, I know I need to give my life over to the Lord. It was said so much that someone actually wrote a gospel track on it. Why be born again? I can't live it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait because I know I, I just, when I'm ready to give my life over to the Lord, I want to be able to be 100% in. You're not going to be able to be 100% in without the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. Well, I'm just going to live my life, and when I'm ready, and, and I can just give everything, I don't want to just do something inside jail. Well, it's better to start there than never to start at all. And over and over and over. And I wonder what it is already starting this year that you're afraid to commit to for the Lord. And you're already looking at it just being another mediocre year in that area. Well, we'll see if they come. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't even know why we show up. We're not showing up early anymore. There's no use in it. We'll just start this part because nobody reads it anyway. You know how many times that crawled up on my shoulder about a bulletin? Smile now. What is it that the devil's put some fear in our lives and we're not going to commit to it? 
because we're not trusting the Lord to be able to fulfill it through us. Or instead of getting outside of our comfort zone and saying, Lord, this is what you put on my heart. And by God's grace, I'm going to commit my way unto you. And I'm going to trust you. And he'll bring it to pass. I found out God will do a whole lot more through me than I'll ever do on my own. If we just allow him. Yeah, it's going to take some time. Sunday school classes don't build themselves. RU ministries don't build themselves. Bible studies don't build themselves. Yeah, it takes some time. It takes some commitment. But are we willing to see God fulfill that? Maybe you've never even given your life over to the Lord and said, God, here's my life. It's yours. Do what you want with it. Well, I'm just afraid of what he'll do with it. Why? You afraid he'll fulfill it? Boy, you know what we're going to be able to talk to Paul about? The leadership of the Holy Spirit of God and what all Paul got to see and accomplish. Because he simply said, here's my life, Lord. One old-time preacher said this. He was asked the question, and I'll finish with this. He was asked the question. He said, how is it that you've been able to go and do and experience so many things for the Lord? He said, well, he said, whenever an opportunity came up before me, he said, I never asked the Lord, Lord, is it your will? He said, what I did pray is say, Lord, here's an open door, and I'm heading that direction, and if you don't want me to go through, then close it. And he said, boy, God allowed me to be able to see some things fulfilled in life. and Be able to accomplish some things with the power of God be able to see some ministries take off and some ministries expand. And he said, God just provided. You remember that was in Paul's life too? Acts chapter number 16. Boy, they were going to be heading one direction. They were going that direction. And the Holy Spirit of God said, nope, that's not where I want you to go. So we saw another open door. So we immediately endeavored to sail that way. And I thought, Lord, help us to commit and fulfill throughout this year and trust the Lord for it.